0: This is Captain Pike. We've been cleared for takeoff. I may throw up on you. I think these things are pretty safe. Don't pander to me, kid. One tiny crack in the hull, and our blood boils in 13 seconds. Soul flare might crop up, cook us in our seats. And wait till you're sitting pretty with a case of Andorian shingles. See if you're still so relaxed when your eyeballs are bleeding. Space is disease and danger wrapped in darkness and silence. The story of lunar exploration started with one man a man with a dream one of these days alice bang zoom, straight to the moon you saw me standing alone without a dream in my heart heart. hello and welcome to the fabish factor film podcast i'm your host kurt fabish again In this episode, I'm talking about the scariest space movie since Alien, First Man. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Damien Chazelle. In just four years, he's quickly put himself in the top tier of the best filmmakers working today. In 2009, he made a film called Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, which I have not seen yet but it's in 2014 where he made his proper debut to the world with a little movie called Whiplash. Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. I could spend all day talking about how much I love that movie. The unbelievably terrifying and at the same time hilarious performance by J.K. Simmons as Fletcher. What the fuck are you looking for? There's no pot of gold down there. Are you Adjusting the seat, really? That's been your fucking problem the whole time, the seat height. So now you have it, right? One of the very best, character actors, giving truly one of the finest performances in the history of film. I tell you man, and every Starbucks jazz album, just proves my point really, there are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. The Oscar winning editing by Tom Cross, which amped up the tension a thousand times more than if a lesser editor tried to put this movie together. Okay, look, why don't you just tell Fletcher that I'm coming, you motherfucker! And Whiplash has what I personally consider to be the greatest ending to any movie I've ever seen. Whiplash, directed and written by Damien Chazelle, instantly made it sure I'd follow his work forever. Or don't. I don't give a shit. Then in twenty sixteen, along with co-writing the screenplay for the outstanding post-apocalyptic thriller Ten Cloverfield Lane. Everyone outside of here is dead. Chazelle, after making such a dark, intense, seat-dripping drama about music with whiplash, goes in the complete opposite direction and makes a romantic musical comedy, and that's La La Land. It feels really nostalgic to me. Is it too nostalgic? Yeah. Are people gonna like it? Fuck em. How do you not love this movie? Unless you just hate the basic concept of musicals, maybe. Guys and Dolls? Isn't that a lavish Broadway musical? It's Guys and Dolls, not Guys and Guys. Just stellar performances from Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, who won the Oscar for Best Actress. The two of them have a chemistry you just don't see that much in romantic comedies. Or at least a chemistry I don't react to as strongly as I did with this movie. I'm a guy whose favorite movies are dark crime dramas like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Godfather 2, and Sicario. (laughs) So when I tell you I was dying to see these two characters fall in love and stay in love, it means this movie really did a number on me. Another excellent screenplay by Chazelle, and his dazzling direction mixing drama, comedy, and of course, sensational musical numbers, no doubt all added up to him being the youngest ever winner for Best Director in Oscar history. And the Oscar goes to Damien Chazelle. Oh. Damien Chazelle picks up his first Oscar win tonight. At 32 years old, he's the youngest in history to ever win Best Director. And of course, La La Land won the Oscar for Best Picture. Um, uh, uh, unless I miss something. And the Academy Award for Best Picture. Come on. La La Land. Yeah! And so, here we are once again, just two years after his last movie, and Damien Chazelle only directs this time with First Man. Neil, if his flight is successful, you'll go down in history. What kind of thoughts do you have about that? We're planning on the flight being successful. Damn, that is a big mother. It'll go up like a half kiloton A-bomb if it blows. The vehicle's not safe. We need to fail down here so we don't fail up there this isn't just another trip neil you're not just going to work do you think you're coming back there are risks but we have every intention of coming back one of these biopics where everyone in the audience knows the story it's the long-awaited movie meaning i can't believe how long it took for someone to make this movie about neil armstrong the first man to walk on the moon The movie opens with Neil Armstrong, played by Ryan Gosling, as a test pilot flying into the atmosphere and having to force his way back down to Earth. It's one of the most nerve-wracking openings to a movie I've seen since Saving Private Ryan. Claire Foy plays his wife, Janet, and the movie begins with the death of their two-year-old daughter who succumbed to brain cancer, and this very much sets the tone for the rest of the movie. I mean, when you open with the main character's daughter dying, you know you're not in for an action movie. And the movie goes through Armstrong's career with NASA, his part in the Gemini space program, and the beginnings of the Apollo space program, and of course climaxing with the Apollo 11 mission. On paper, this is all very familiar material. Pretty much same old, same old. Been there, done that. But of course how it gets from the Earth to the Moon is another story. Now, I'm not sure how to start here, because I would say I have mixed feelings on the movie. I can start by saying everyone in the world should see this movie and everyone will remember this movie for years to come. But I'm not sure how many people will enjoy this movie, if that makes sense. Not the hero we deserved, but the hero we needed. First Man falls into a subgenre of movies I'm a massive fan of, which is just movies about NASA, real world, or even if they're sci-fi contemporary or grounded movies about NASA and space exploration now sci-fi movies that fall into this would be gravity and interstellar the good parts of interstellar anyway not so much the mystical bookshelf stuff it's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever but more so I'm talking about nonfiction movies like Apollo 13 uh, this is Houston uh, say again please Houston we have a problem and the right stuff you yeah you got any yeah I might have missed Well, Loan me some, would you? I'll pay you back later. Fair enough. Uh, which are two of my very favorite films? It's impossible not to compare First Man to these two, since many of the same characters appear in all three films. Like you can watch either movie, and you know the stories of the other two are happening at the same time. For example, the Apollo 1 tragedy, which took the lives of three astronauts, including Mercury astronaut Gus Grissom, is dramatized in First Man and is referred to in both The Right Stuff... Four years later, astronaut Gus Grissom was killed, along with astronauts White and Chaffee, when fire swept through their Apollo capsule. And in one gorgeous scene in Apollo 13. Dad, did you know the astronauts on the fire... Yeah, yeah, I did. I knew the astronauts in the fire. All of them. Could that happen again? Well, I'll tell you something about that fire. Um, A lot of things went wrong. Like those movies, First Man is about the personal and professional lives of astronauts, their families at home, and at the same time, their careers at NASA, creating and testing all manner of technology designed for space travel. First man ticks all boxes, really. You have the scenes of the wife worried for her astronaut husband going into space. You have the scenes of the nauseating test apparatus spinning in all directions as the pilot tries to operate it. You have the launch scenes, the mission control scenes, and of course, the scenes in outer space. If you've seen any movie about NASA, this is all familiar stuff. Same old, same old. (laughs) Now, what separates it from other NASA films is what makes this movie stand alone, but it's also what keeps me from loving this movie like the others, and that's this movie's tone. First Man is not written by Damien Chazelle, I'm not entirely sure why, but instead is written by Josh Singer, the Oscar-winning writer of Spotlight. You're going to give me the names, and the names of their victims. Are you threatening me? We've got two stories here. We've got a story about degenerate clergy, And we've got a story about a bunch of lawyers turning child abuse into a cottage industry. Now, which story do you want us to write? Because we're writing one of them. It's a terrific screenplay, let me be clear, but unlike Chazelle's previous movies, First Man possesses almost no sense of humor, joy, or fun. There's maybe three or four moments across two and a half hours of First Man that come close to generating so much as a smile let alone a laugh. Not a giggle, not a chuckle, not a teehee, never went ha. This benefits the movie in some places, but in my opinion, hurts it in others. Where it benefits the movie is in its depiction of space travel. I've seen I don't know how many movies involving space travel. You throw a rock, you'll hit a movie about a spaceship. But the way First Man depicts its version of being in a rocket in the black of space is unlike anything I've ever seen. I actually managed to see 2001 A Space Odyssey on the big screen and even that didn't make space look this frightening. Open the pod bay doors Hal. I'm sorry Dave, I'm afraid I can't do that. I don't recall seeing a single star in any of the space scenes in First Man. When Armstrong looks out a window of a ship, it's an empty void of darkness and this disturbed me to no end. I felt no sense of wonder or excitement about space in this movie. I was terrified and petrified and frankly wishing this movie would cut back to Earth as soon as possible. I don't belong here! We have a winner! (laughs) (laughs) We'll let her go home! First Man is not a horror movie by any means, but the scenes in space in this movie are among the most frightening things I've ever seen in a movie. And that's before anything goes wrong in a spaceship, like say, a thruster misfiring sending the Gemini 8 craft spinning out of control. Whoa, that didn't Star Wars makes space fun. Yahoo! 2001 made space mis- mysterious. And what's more, the um, evidence seems pretty conclusive that it hasn't been covered up by natural erosion or other forces. It seems to have been deliberately buried. Deliberately buried. Deliberately buried. <laughs> and First Man makes space a very scary place to be. Now where this dead serious tone might hurt the movie for me is in its earthbound scenes. The scenes of the Armstrong family. Now in the right stuff, there are several scenes of the astronauts and their wives. They're the heart of the movie, really. You get a bulk discount on so many great screen romances in one movie with the right stuff. Forget it, Flyboy. You'd never catch me. I believe I will. For instance, the scene of John Glenn on the phone with his wife Annie as reporters are trying to interview her as Glenn's about to uh, go up into space. There's no way for this not to sound corny, but it's one of the most beautiful depictions of love between a man and a woman I've ever seen in a movie. They are not coming in and I will back you up all the way a hundred percent on this and you tell them that, okay? I don't want Johnson or any of the rest of them to set as much as one toe inside our house. <laughs> okay. You tell them that that astronaut John Glenn told you to say that. <laughs> 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 Alright? Yes. Or in Apollo 13, the relationship between Jim and Marilyn Lovell is just fantastic. Like the night before the launch, where the families visit the astronauts, But they're divided by a rope barrier and a bit of space. And Marilyn says she won't be there because she's been at tons of launches before. But really, she's terrified for her husband. And so Jim Lovell stands there alone watching his fellow astronauts say goodbye to their wives. But then Marilyn shows up anyway, and it's just heartwarming. Well, hey, that looks like Marilyn Lovell. But it can't be. She's not coming to the launch. I heard it was going to be a hell of a show. Who told you that? You can't live without me. First Man contains nothing resembling these kinds of scenes I'm talking about. The scenes among the Armstrong family are almost brutally cold and without warmth of any kind. Now this is by design, I'm sure. It adds to the general sense of tension in the movie but it makes for rather unpleasant viewing at times. For example, when Neil Armstrong, afraid himself of this Apollo 11 mission, he plans to leave without saying goodbye to his children. This brings about a painfully sad scene between Neil and his wife, and eventually his children, where he confesses he can't be sure he'll ever come home. This is very sad stuff. This tone I'm talking about culminates in one scene. Now, spoiler alert if you don't know the story, But they go to the moon and they made it back. And afterward, the astronauts are put into quarantine, in case they came back with moon-related diseases, I guess. The bean counters told me we literally could not afford to buy seven dollars worth of moon rocks, much less 70 million. Bought them anyway, ground them up, mixed them into a gel. And guess what? Ground up moon rocks are pure poison. I am deathly ill. And we have Neil and Janet meeting in a room where they're divided by a sheet of glass. Reunited for the first time since Neil left the planet, and they don't so much as crack a smile when they see each other. Neil kisses his fingers and stamps them on the glass, and Janet touches this spot on the glass from her side, and that is the extent of the heartwarming side of this movie. United, and it feels so good. I bought coffee for everyone the other night, and I got a warmer reception. And there was much rejoicing. Again, This is what they're going for, and the film is based on the biography of Neil Armstrong's life, so I'm going to assume maybe this is an accurate depiction of their marriage, but quite frankly, I just would have preferred seeing some sense of warmth between these two just to make the movie a little more pleasant to sit through. I thought the cold of space would be hard enough to stomach in First Man. It was almost as bad back on Earth. I hate you. You were just some boy who made me laugh at a party once, and now I loathe the sight of you. Now the tone of this movie and maybe the score by Justin Hurwitz are the extent of my problems with the movie. Personally, I didn't care for the score. Uh, the movie was way more effective when it was dead silent. And I felt the theremin-infused score was just too weird. I just prefer the type of music like James Horner came up with in Apollo 13 when we're talking about you know, astronaut music. It's the space scenes in this movie that make it impossible not to recommend. Just when I thought I'd seen space depicted every way possible, Damien Chazelle, of all people, comes along and gives us space travel scenes that would make Stanley Kubrick proud. But by far the best scene in the movie is when we do finally arrive on the moon, and words cannot describe what happens in this movie when we get there. You gotta see it for yourself. But I've never been so scared during a scene where I know it's going to end well. That's how you know this movie is effective, where the movie has you scared of what's going to happen with the Apollo 11 flight. Buzz look an alien! Where? Ah! Excellent performances by Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. Uh, the movie has a great cast, even if they don't get to say all that much in this movie, as the movie plays a lot with silence. But the entire cast is great with guys like the never not great Kyle Chandler. But it's not a good disease. What is a good disease? Poison ivy. Uh, Athlete's foot. As Mercury 7 astronaut and NASA top brass Deke Slayton. And especially the always great Corey Stroll. Sir, three days ago you predicted- I'm talking about fucking natural gas. As Buzz Aldrin, as a more boastful astronaut compared to Armstrong, who's a man who lets his actions do the talking. Buzz Aldrin, the second man on the moon. Second comes right after first. Ryan Gosling here continuing what is turning out to be one of the great runs an actor has had in recent years with movies like Blade Runner 2049, The Nice Guys, La La Land, and now First Man. Damien Chazelle cements his place as one of the great directors of the 21st century with First Man. With this, Whiplash, and La La Land, there doesn't seem to be anything Chazelle can't accomplish behind the camera. I wish I could say First Man was my favorite movie of his, but that's still Whiplash. Yeah, I guess maybe you don't have it. And I wish I could say First Man was my favorite film of 2018, but I got a couple of movies ahead of it right now such as Avengers Infinity War. What master do you serve? What master do I serve? What am I supposed to say, Jesus? You're from Earth. I'm not from Earth, I'm from Missouri. Yeah, that's on Earth, dipshit. What are you hassling us for? Fahrenheit 11.9, or my current favorite film of the year, which is Mandy. Cheddar Goblin! Did you call the macaroni and cheese? Nothing's better than cheddar. Cheddar Goblin. The coldness of the drama holds this movie back a bit for me. To where I simply can't love it as much as something like The Right Stuff, which is in my all-time top ten of films. But the scenes in outer space in this movie are going to make it a classic for sure. First Man is not a feel-good piece of entertainment, but it's a dark, mesmerizing drama about one of the greatest accomplishments in human history. And it is one of the best films of 2018. Now I'm no longer alone Without a dream in my my, my, my heart Without a love of my my my, my